Welcome back to the Florida History Podcast. I'm Carter Krishnire. I'm Robert Buccellato. Today, Robert, we're going to talk a little bit about the work days. Bob Graham's fantastic campaign gimmick that probably made him uh, governor in 1978 and turned him into a Florida political legend and actually, quite frankly, had so much to do with him becoming one of the most popular and impactful politicians in the history of this state. Now, um, I, and I'm going to give the viewer, uh, the listener, a promise. Um, it, it's pretty obvious that me and Carter um, have a lot of romantic attachment for this era in American Florida history. Um, and I do think we, we probably turned a few people off because our long child's program <laughs> ran almost 50 minutes. So yeah, right. we'll try and we'll try and be concise. That's why we picked just one topic. That's why, and yeah, just work days. It's not Bob Graham's governorship. Yeah. That would be a two-hour episode. Yeah, um, but uh, I also I mentioned the Long Child's program because in that we mentioned that um, at the time this was before um, twenty-four hour news. This was when a lot of people were watching and getting their news from local stations. And so there was more of an importance on making the news that day of uh, getting free advertisement for a campaign, um, which for lack of a better word, led to candidates coming up with a gimmick. Um, Bob Graham, he loves to tell this story, and it was really one of my favorite stories, of when he announced for the governorship, um, his youngest daughter came to his wife and said, Mom, I don't want to move to Tallahassee. All of my friends are here in Miami-Dade. I, I love this. This is my home. And Adele Graham famously told her, Honey, there's no way in living hell your father is going to be elected governor. <laughs> and you, you fast forward to a year later, and, you know, Bob Graham just got elected this huge, mammoth, unexpected victory. I mean, he was the darkest of dark horses when the primary started. And he just, you know, he got something like 60% of the vote. And Adele Graham is looking out on this euphoric group of supervisors. And out in the back, she sees this incredibly morose 10-year-old daughter looking at her, scowling at her because she broke her promise. Uh, to me, that sort of encapsulates how unbelievable it was when Bob Graham announced that he was going to quit the state Senate and that he was going to run for governor. This was 1978. It was a very crowded primary. Um, we had a very accomplished lieutenant governor running, we had a former governor running, and we had um, a secretary of state who had just saved the capital, who was very young, very good looking. His father was a US senator and John F. Kennedy's best friend. And then we had who was the front runner, which was the attorney general, who was very tough on crime, not very charismatic, but had uh, large amount of money behind him and he was clearly the odds on favorite and Bob Graham was pulling about 3 or 4% when he entered and so he was trying to figure out what kind of gimmick he could use to gain exposure 
and he heard about this congressman who started doing what was called work days, where he would do a different job, and the press would just eat it up. So he went to the person, the manager of that campaign, and basically got the rundown. And the manager said, there's a few things that you need to know. You need to do a different job every week. You need to tell the press that they can take photos, interview you at the beginning of the job, and then they need to leave. And then you have to put in the work, and you have to work nine to five. And then you do that, and you keep doing that, and you'll get elected. And so that's what he did. He would do different jobs. He was a fisherman. He was a bellboy. He was a police officer. Famously, he was an electrician at the Capitol, and he actually put in the electric uh, wire cables for the new governor's office um, a few months before he became its occupant. He did, um, you know, he was a, a lumberman. He was a citrus picker and it just captivated this state that this guy you know he was able to present himself as this ordinary man as this working class guy and of course the reality was was that he came from a very wealthy very well-to-do family um and for most of his life he referred to himself as d robert grant uh, but then, out of nowhere, he started referring to himself as Bob Graham. And they used to say, famously, that when he was a state senator and he would introduce himself to you, he'd be so awkward, he'd be looking down at your feet. When he was running for governor, he was the Bob Graham that we know of today. He was chock full of energy, he was chock full of excitement. And the reality was, was that it helped him remain close to Floridians and it was a result that even in 1998 when our Democratic Party in the state of Florida received a terrible licking across the board the only Democrat that won by a double digit lead was Bob Graham they tell stories about how they were on the, the airplane from event to event and Bob Graham was the only one that was smiling and, you know, cracking up and, and telling jokes because he was the only one that was winning. Um, he became untouchable after that. He was able to portray a sense of warmth, a sense of um, accessibility um, that made him very endearing. And as a result, he finished second in the primary. There was a runoff. He won. Um, then he got Wayne Nixon as his running mate. They became uh, the uh, Graham Cracker ticket, and the rest was history. But it was those work days that allowed him to do that. Um, you know, uh, one of my favorite workday stories was the fact that um, here was a man who was a multimillionaire, and the last job that he did was um, for two days he was a homeless person mm -hmm. and so you know this was you know he got out of, of a car with the driver you know multi-million dollar man and he emptied out his entire wallet except for ten dollars and he slept for two nights in a homeless shelter he tried to apply for benefits 
just to experience what the average person had to experience. And um, it really, there, there are moments in political life where you stop being the, the person that wants to achieve these things, that wants to achieve office, that, um, that really is, is, not, is, is not all there yet. You haven't, you haven't matured, you haven't found your click, your, your neck. And then you start to become what you're meant to be. A lot of people say FDR became that when he got polio. Um, it, it just had, there's a transforming moment. And that was Bob Grant. He realized how fortunate he was. He realized that he was trying to be governor of a state who, whose occupancy didn't really understand what their plight was. And so it made him a very down-to-earth man. And he did hundreds of jobs. He actually transformed his campaign from a, a campaign with events to a campaign of work days. Give us a little bit of insight into how this gimmick, if you want to call it, but this very effective campaign tool and very effective transformative tool in his style contributed to his popularity in the state even after he was elected because he continued to do the work days throughout his governorship and throughout his years in the United States Senate. Yeah, he, um, that was another rule that he gave himself was that even after he was elected, he would still continue to do the work days. And, um, you know, and eventually as he got older, it went into uh, volunteerism and things of that nature. But, um, you know, he remained as a U.S. Senator uh, he would still do jobs as a police officer. He would still do jobs um, as an air traffic controller. I actually, when I interviewed him once for a separate book, I, I actually asked him, can you give me some logistics about how you guys got around some of the, um, the requirements, like, you know, W-2s, things like that. You know, how did you get paid for a day's work? And he actually drew a blank. And he said, oh, my God, I don't know. And I said, well, I, I hope I haven't caused a, a political scandal 40 years past. What yeah. But, um, you know, it, I think there was also, um, it was a different, all the way around, it was a different time. But, um, you know, one of the things he noticed was that there was a lot of behind um, the table working. There was a lot of people that were, um, you know, jobless that were looking for jobs um, he would tell people people would ask you know what are you doing and he'd say you know I'm, I'm running for governor and he'd be a, you know a, a waiter um, famously he was a waiter at one restaurant where he waited on um, the the front runner the attorney general and you know there was a, it was a great comparison between the attorney general who was ordering a very expensive meal with you know cocktails and coffee and he was being served by his opponent in the runoff who was waiting on him um but uh you know it, it was it was a different time um i don't think there was such a thing as background checks and stuff like that that you would have to do now in order to get a job so i think it was probably a lot easier for him to go from job to job um, interestingly enough, though, his daughter has carried up, um, on this pattern. 
the two years that she was in uh, government as a congresswoman, she did jobs. And when she ran for governor, uh, very instinctively, she did jobs all throughout um, as, as sort of, you know, part of that, you know, generational connection from her father. But unfortunately, it didn't have the same results because we are now a much more media savvy, savvy country. Um, we don't really get our media from things like television. And, and now, frankly, um, that's not really so much of a, a novel invention anymore. Um, unfortunately, this concept of somebody running for high office, and so they decide to seek the voters out at their workplace where they're comfortable, where they do a lot of their, their interactions in life. But at the time, that was, in his eyes, the best way to interact with voters and just cut through all of the awkward, you know, politics of glad-handing and, and just really get into that person's shoes. Thank you, Robert, for that fantastic summary about Bob Graham and work days. One of the things that has made Bob Graham one of the legends, historical legends of politics in the state of Florida, politics and government in the state of Florida. You can get a new episode of the Florida History Podcast every week. We generally release our new episodes on Tuesdays. Wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, Castro, Anchor, etc. So until next week, thank you for listening to the Florida History Podcast.